Welcome into Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Yao, joined by down, down, down. How about that? Is that better? better? Yes. All right. You. Welcome in. It is a wild and wacky Wednesday. The weirdest and wildest news from across the world coming your way in the final segment of the show. But does the ladybug crawling on my laptop? Count as wild, Man, wacky, it, or both. Is it is it kind of a, a goldish color? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I knocked it off here earlier. I thought I knocked it off the desk. I wish we could get a close-up. Oh, I see it now. Okay. <laughs> Good luck, they say. Hey, we use it. Take all the luck we can get that our that, that my internet sticks. Crossing all the things. But yeah, man, what a good show. <laughs> Just so you can see it at the top. It is wild, man. But uh, we got a good show, man. We got we got jam-packed, loaded with guests. Willie Donick's going to join us to talk about the Predators. And yeah, they've that got should a, be a fun conversation. they got a lot to talk about, unfortunately. We've also got uh, Terry McCormick, of course, and then Ben McKee. Talk a little UT hoops and... Uh, Football as Vols. One will be a little bit more fun to talk about than the well, other. Well, yeah, but you know, this 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 weekend and, and subsequent week down in Atlantis is gonna be a huge, huge seven days for UT. So looking forward to talking to him. And we've got college football playoff reactions. The the rankings are out and have been shaken up. So I was at basketball last night, so yeah. I, you haven't seen them. Yeah, yeah, they 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 shook them up a little bit. So yeah, should be interesting. We'll get to all of that here and uh, much much more. But Mo, how are things today? Well, like I said, I was at basketball last night, so um, saw saw some pretty good stuff over at Columbia Academy. So we'll talk about it, I guess, in the rundown here in a bit. But um, yeah. Got things off and running. School basketball is here. It is, in fact. Well, why don't we get into some scores? Uh, we've got yesterday's results and today's schedule. We'll give it to you on the rundown. This is the rundown. In high school girls basketball action from Tuesday night, Battleground Academy defeated Hickman County 58-33. It was Brentwood with a 76 76- 53 went over Brentwood Academy. Cheatham County, 53, Hume Fog, 15. Clarksville Academy down Clarksville Northwest, 47-34. Clarksville Christian, 58. Donaldson Christian, 16. Coffee County with a 79-31 win over Cambridge. Columbia Academy behind 27 points from Reese Shirley down Larson, Lawson, excuse me, 58-31. It was Providence Christian, 57. Christ Presbyterian, 54. Creekwood with a 49-42 win over Page. Wilson Central defeated DeKalb County 66-61. East Nashville 63. Martin Luther King 2. That is not a typo. Lipscomb Academy with a 57-52 win over Ezell Harding. Santa Fe edged Fairview on the road 50-45. Green Hill with a 48-42 win over Franklin. That was Harpeth Hall 62. Station Camp 28. Overton 71, Glencliff 14, Middle Tennessee Christian 55, Baylor 46, Stewart County defeated Montgomery Central 71-12, Ravenwood with a 76-58 win over Mount Juliet, 
Murfreesboro Central defeated White House 52-33. It was Shovel 45, Nolansville 39. Tullahoma with a 46-39 win over Oakland. And Pearl Cone defeated Liberty Creek 69-53. Greenbrier down Pope Prep 46-36. It was Portland 51, Kenwood 28. Summit a 57-47 winner over Riverdale. Rockville 56-50 over Eagle Siegel downs Laverne 51-26. Stewart's Creek was a 66-48 winner over Warren County. Springfield down Sycamore 44-39. Portland was a 40-34 winner over Charlesdale County. And Charlesdale County beat Kenwood 57-24. I don't know if they – that, that could have been – there were some, some jamborees or oh. something. I wonder if, okay. if that's part of that. I don't know. Anyway, Helioka 77, Zion Christian 22. And boys action with Battleground Academy 68, Hickman County 54, Kennedy Academy 70 to 40 winner over Lawson. South Presbyterian 80 foot 78 over Providence Christian, Creekwood 66, Page 56. East Nashville a 52 48 winner over Martin Luther King. Ezell Harding down Knowledge Academy 64 44, Green Hill 55, Franklin 47. Friendship Christian down to Jackson County, 80 to 41. It was White House Heritage, 54. Harpeth, 52. John Overton edged Glencliff, 56 55. Webb School, 67 64. Went over Montgomery Bell Academy and Montgomery Central down to Stewart County, 63 46. Also, Ravenwood defeated Mount Juliet, 70 to 58. White House with a 68 52 win over Murfreesboro Central. Nolansville defeated Shelbyville 76 43. It was Oakland 72, Tullahoma 54. Liberty Creek with a 68 40 win over Pearl Cone. Riverdale Edge Summit 59. This is 55. The box score I saw said 54 in Oakland. It was Rockville defeating Evil in the Battle of Highway 99 72 64. Laverne with a 40-39 win over Siegel. Station Camp defeated Trousdale County 73-17. Stewart's Creek 64, Warren County 53. Sycamore 59, Springfield 54. Mount Juliet Christian with an 81-78 win over Watertown. And Kalioka defeated Zion Christian 68-63. In men's basketball action last night, Tennessee improves to 3 now, sir? Mm-hmm. With their third 80-point performance of the season, defeating the Terriers of Wofford, 82-61, Lipscomb goes to Cookville and picks up an eight, a 96-65 win over Tennessee Tech. Belmont, 93, Barry, 59, Casey Alexander's 100th victory as coach of the Bruins. Austin P with a 79-52 win over Fisk, and Vanderbilt holds off North Carolina Greensboro, 74-70. Women's basketball action. This one is a little bit of a head scratcher as Austin P. Not long removed from a loss to Division Two Trevecca. This is their first win of the year. They well, lost I mean, to Trevecca and Chattanooga ahead of going on the road. Clearly, F and M Bank Arena, not the place Austin P. Women want to play. Clearly not, because they defeated Kentucky and Lexington, sixty-eight, sixty-three. So Trevecca better than Kentucky? Our Dargy. Also, Lipscomb, 77, Moorhead State, 73. On the ice, Anaheim defeats the Predators, 3-2. In the association, it was the Lakers, 134, the Grizzlies, 107. And in college football action on Tuesday night, 
Toledo Edge, Bowling Green 32-31. It was Eastern Michigan 30, Akron 27, and Northern Illinois with a 24-0 win over Western Michigan. The Toledo-Bowling Green game was incredible. I think Bowling Green was up like 31-14 at one point. <laughs> Toledo came back to win. <laughs> Tonight's action, men's basketball. Rebecca hosting Tennessee Wesleyan. That's right. It's the Nazarenes and the Methodists battling it out at 7 o'clock. Get over to Trevecca and watch it. Tennessee State's at Portland. That's an 8 p.m. tip on ESPN+. Plus. <laughs> Women's basketball, the Lady Trojans, or Trojan women, down at Alabama uh, Huntsville. And Jesse Jennings led Chargers 5.30 tonight. Wichita State's at Belmont. That's a 6.30 tip on ESPN+. Plus. Also on ESPN+, Plus at 6.30. Vanderbilt hosts Western Kentucky. Neither of those are accurate. No. Uh, college football action tonight. Buffalo's at Miami of Ohio, 6 p.m. on ESPN2. And on the U, it's Central Michigan at regular Ohio. Ohio. <laughs> just just, just Ohio. Ohio. <laughs> They're just regular old Ohio. The mm-hmm. Bobcats, if you will. And that's going to do it for today's rundown. Big news yesterday, big news coming tonight, and today's top story is brought to you by Piggly Wiggly. Neely's Mill Shopping Center is home to some of the best and most delicious meat, vegetables, cobblers, all in one place for your lunch needs, so make sure to go by and see them. Also, get your fresh hand-cut meats, great produce, and all of their groceries are just Cost plus 10% at the register. So, Neely's Mill Shopping Center, that's Piggly Wiggly. Our top stories, kind of, yeah, there are things being ruled upon, have been ruled upon. It's really just college football in general, but the Pac-2 going forward. Which is what they are. The ruling came down yesterday, last night even, that Washington State and Oregon State would now control the PAC conference's board. And they would be the only two members. Now, what that means remains to be seen. Excuse me. But the question, what's that? Do you remember the South Park episode? where Cartman didn't get what he wanted for his birthday. And so he sent everybody home from his party. Get out. That's that's what Oregon State and Washington State is saying to the former members of the PAC. Yeah. You know, Washington's lawyer, and I assume that, that, that UW's lawyer was arguing this because the suit was filed in Washington. 10 miles from Pullman. Yeah. But. Now, is it the pack two or the two pack? I think it's, I think it should be the two pack. That's, that's what I said. But anyway, now they argued that there would be irreparable harm to the leaving institutions. If this were to happen, 
It's like I would dare say there's been irreparable harm to Oregon State and Washington. Like, State. buddy, read the room. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So, so it's anyway, a an argument to make. It def- pretty tough argument to win with in this particular instance, and clearly because they did not win. Theoretically, as it stands, Oregon State and Washington State could withhold all funds to exiting schools. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's going to happen. I think what's going to happen, just because there's precedent everywhere else that, you know, those schools get their, their payouts through the contracted year of July 1st, 2024. Any money... Well, that precedent has been set, but nobody else has left like this, have they? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean... Or nobody else has, has left in I mean, Texas large, and Oklahoma. Yeah, but I mean, they didn't like decimate a conference with their leaving, you know, from a numerical standpoint. Right, right. But... But again, Oregon State and Washington State going forward will still get all of the Pac-12's March Madness money, all NCAA tournament monies paid out, you know, in... From from July of 24 forward. forward. They would get those monies because they're still the Pac-2 or the 2-Pac or whatever. So... Obviously, they would not be a conference in regards to AQs and all of that. They would have to play independent schedules. But that's why I don't think anything's going to happen, because here's the thing. Stanford and Cal joining the ACC leaves them an open date on their schedule for a non-conference game. Well, it would just make sense that you'd want to play those schools, familiarity and travel. And so you don't want to, you know, burn that bridge necessarily. Mm-hmm. And are they going to take this money and rebuild the, the, the pack? Probably. As best they can. They only need eight members of the, mid, of the Mountain West to dissolve the Mountain West. But if they dissolve the Mountain West and they get all those schools, here's the crazy thing. San Diego State gets all the money in the, from their their Final Four win, uh, run. Oh. Because the money goes to someone, and it would typically be the conference. Well, if the conference dissolves, the school gets the money. So hmm. San Diego State just... They're like, yes, please. They have all the motivation in the world to... Go to, to the dissolve the ma- and mountain take west. Everybody else with yes, them, yeah. they have all the motivation, <clears throat> and I think a lot of people know that, so that could be an issue. But I think it's interesting that that might be the play because, as we've talked from the beginning, ma- taking those mountain west schools and their commissioner and making it the pack twelve or ten, whatever the number is, mm-hmm. just makes sense. Well. 
but they would not. I don't think the PAC at that point would be a power five conference. I think it would be very hard to argue that it, that it would be in the power five. Sure. They would just be a group of six teams with the power four. With the power four, yeah. Which takes us back to the college football playoff reconfiguration of five plus seven. Right. So what is more advantageous? Pac-12 money or Mountain West money? Depends on who you're asking. I mean, I don't know the I don't know the specific numbers, mm -hmm. right? I just don't know. But would it be smarter for Washington State and Oregon State and Oregon State to pick and choose from G5 conferences to go get? UTEP and New Mexico State, and then also San Diego State, Boise, Air Force, Colorado State, but then maybe go even farther into, you know, into the Midwest, potentially. Or even down, you know, not Southeast necessarily, but, you know, I'm trying to think of schools in the AAC off the top of my head, but Memphis. It's going to be intriguing to, you know, keep an eye on how that develops, obviously, because do they pick and choose? Or do Buffet they just, style, or do they just take the Mountain West and rebrand and, and roll? That's, that's, that's the question. <clears throat> Which one is more advantageous <clears throat> to them and everyone else? Because to me, you can't keep Kliakov. He's got to go. No, he. I mean, I don't think anybody's arguing that except Kliakov. <laughs> yeah, he's the only one who's who, who thinks that that's the the yeah. best plan forward. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, second story is that tonight her. Who was it that that tweeted it first? Pretty sure it was. Oh goodness, let me just let me just go look for it. It's just going to be easier to find. Um, did I not send it to you? I don't know if you did or not. No, I didn't. <clears throat> I sent you the organ. Pete paper. Thamel. There we go. That's who it was. Postseason waivers for both James, both James Madison and Jacksonville State will be discussed and likely decided on tonight, per sources to Pete. There are four different NCAA committees involved in the waiver process, and a decision should come tonight. Here's why that's important. Jacksonville State did not have a waiver in place until Monday. They did not. They didn't even submit a waiver until Monday. Because they weren't worried about it. Well, they really kind of weren't. But it's like, oh my goodness. I'm wondering if J JMU didn't make a phone call and say, hey, we may have power in numbers here. And or make a call and say, hey, don't leave us out here. Don't right. Don't leave us out to dry. Here's the thing. 
is James Madison and Jacksonville State both have mathematical opportunities to play for a conference title were if they were eligible, as I mentioned yesterday with, with Chip. If Jacksonville State wins this weekend against La Tech and then goes to Las Cruces and beats New Mexico State, they would have the second best record in the in Conference USA and would be would be the normally mm-hmm. one of the finalists. One of the two finalists. Right. And as New, it sits and New Mexico State is saying, wait, hold up. They're saying, you already said we're in. You you put out a graphic that we're in. We've sold tickets because you said we were in. But does any of that supersede Jacksonville State being one of the two best teams in the conference? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I, I, I don't... I don't necessarily feel sorry for New Mexico State in this situation. Earn it on the field and it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Win the game and you don't have to worry about it. But I also understand people buy, you know, purchasing flights and hotels and buying tickets to the game. All of that can be refunded. I mean, I'm sure it can. And I, I don't have a dog in the hunt and I don't know that I But within will, a week? Because, again, <laughs> you won't – I mean, you won't know until – Saturday after Thanksgiving. Can you get a refund for a hotel and a flight in a week? Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know. I've not ever tried to get a refund that that you know in such close. a short turnaround. Yeah. So, anyway, just the thought. Mm-hmm. James Madison, on the other hand, ten and zero. They're looking at a you know they're they're trying to get into the New Year six. Right. And meanwhile, Coastal and App State are saying, right now we're fighting for a spot in the, in the Sun Belt Championship. If if James Madison's in, it's over. We're all out. <laughs> Which again, they didn't earn it on the field. I get that. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying that, you know, there there are consequences down the road. So what I think may happen is that both teams will be ruled bowl eligible. But and they'll not, allow the conferences to decide what they want to do. Well, if you're going to give the conferences leeway, then basically you're just dropping it in their lap. Here, you pick who you want to play for your conference championship. And Yeah, and I don't think Jacksonville would. I mean, maybe they would. Maybe they wouldn't. I don't know. I mean, Liberty beat us pretty bad on our home turf. Maybe we don't want them again. But it was 17-13 going into the fourth quarter. <laughs> Ended up 31-13, but it wasn't nearly as bad as the, as the final score indicated. So maybe they want another shot at Liberty. I don't know, but we're going to find out tonight what's going to happen. Because either Jacksonville and JMU are going to be bowl eligible and eligible for postseason play, Tonight, we won't have to worry about it, or we still have to wait for 18 more teams to lose. No, I'm sorry, after last night, 16. 16 more teams to lose for, you know, bowl eligibility to be a thing. This may be because the NCAA sees that 
hey, they're going to be bowl eligible anyway. Let's save face. Let's get some good graces. Oh, look, we made them bowl eligible. Well, they were going to be anyway, but <laughs> you may be giving the NCAA more credit than they deserve. Yeah, but also, I think the NCAA is more likely to try and save, you know, save face, find some some positive story than they are to then, you know, because they need all the positive they can get. And this is an opportunity for them to, one, get good pub, and also, two, it's not going to change anything because Jacksonville and JMU are going to be well eligible by the end of the year because there weren't going to be enough teams. I get everything you're saying. I'm just saying I don't, don't know that, that the NCAA has that much self-awareness. If they're capable. <laughs> I, look, I get, I, I get that too. It's a very possible. I'm just saying it, it's a possibility that that's you know part of their motivation. I don't know. Anyway. Should be fun. It will indeed. Take tune a break tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, tune in tomorrow. We'll know. But also tune in for the next hour and a half. That's right, because Willie Donick is standing by. We'll talk to him about the Predators right after this on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Stick around. Welcome to the 2023 Magical Holiday Home Tour, coming for one day only. Immerse yourself in the spirit of the season as you explore stunning displays, twinkling lights, and charming decorations. The general admission tour of area luxury homes including historic Rosemont and a special tinsel tour of the original Fairview Plantation Mansion. Come and experience the warmth of the holidays by touring spectacular luxury homes. It's an event you won't want to miss. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's, it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see. 
whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, coming to you live from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia. Glad to have you guys with us as, again, jam-packed show full of great guests, including the next one that we have, the Preds on Valley voice of the Predators, Willie Donick, joins us. Willie, what's up, man? Hey, guys. Good to talk to you. Oh, good to have you. Um, Willie, what's going on with the Brits? <laughs> well, uh, I, I would say uh, they they have left some points at the table. That that's the phrase that you're hearing them say a lot. I think they've played uh, to a level where <clears throat> they easily could have more points. But as Bill Parcells always says, <clears throat> sorry guys, uh, you are what your record says you are. So uh, they are five and ten. So they, they are playing just well enough to lose. Uh, they're not getting dominated by any stretch. And I think it's been particularly frustrating the last two games where they've had two goal leads in the second period at home against, you know, middle of the road teams that are beatable. And, and they have come up short. And not only have they come up short, but they've come up short in regulation. So they're not getting those extra points for getting the game to overtime. So um, they're up against it right now. They're, they're fighting it. That is that is exactly what it seems to be. Is it, it? It seems to be a fight, and they come out punching, but can't can't quite uh, make it to the twelfth round. Well, and that's and that's the job is to break through and start turning some of these games into into wins. I, I think they played well enough to win. Uh, I think their record. You know, it's it's the woulda, coulda, shoulda. Could their record easily be with you know a couple more wins, a couple more overtime losses? It could, because they're they're right in every game. But I think there there's a couple of things happening. They're a little bit snake bit. Um, it seems like every time they're making a mistake, uh, it's costing them. And one of the biggest reasons that that happens is you have a goalie that's normally all world that is doing the opposite, bailing you out of a lot of mistakes, which UC Soros has done the last three years. And he's not in that groove right now. In fact, he's, he's, I think it's safe to say his numbers are down and he struggled a little bit for, for him, right? It's, it's like a, an ace pitcher that you're expecting to have 
seven innings and give up two earned runs every game. But even the best pitchers have little stretches where that's not happening. So it's not like UC Soros is getting bombarded. Uh, but there's there's maybe a play here or a play there where he's capable of making a big save that could change the outcome. And it's not happening right now. So you throw that into some of the other things that you knew were going to be challenges with all the young players. You throw in that they just lost a, a critical player in Tommy Novak for the next four to six weeks. And so the, these are the challenges that get you to where uh, they are right now. The road trip took a toll. I mean, was that, did, the, did, the, did they take a hit from a confidence standpoint on top of everything else there or where, where, where are they falling short right now? Well, uh, let, let's take last night as an example. They're up two to nothing. Uh, they're, they're controlling the game. They've had the puck way more often than their opposition. They're, they're grinding on the offensive zone. And, you know, they, they really probably have the opportunity to go up three nothing. I, I would say this was probably the same story on Saturday night against the Coyotes. So the, these last two games in particular, I think, hurt more mm-hmm. because they're at home. Uh, they're, they've got a long stretch of time here where they're playing mostly home games, nine out of ten. So they had struggled a little bit on the road, but you're coming back home and you're feeling good about uh, taking the game to the opposition. And I think they should have won the last two games in my mind. I think I think the coaches and players would tell you that they should have won the game. They were, they're up by two goals in both games in the second period. So when you say what's happening, well, let's look at last night. They're up 2 nothing. They have held uh, the Ducks to nine shots on goal for the game uh, with about four minutes left to go in the second period. And then there's a play that is not a super high danger play. It's a shot from the wing. It hits the Predator defenseman Mark Delgazzo's stick and changes angles and goes in. Hmm. So it's one instead of two. And then – things seem to snowball a little bit. That's really where you, you said the word, Mo, that I think is probably a little bit of a factor here is the confidence is is a little And I think it's a little bit, when it's happened to you before, you might have a little tendency to say, uh-oh, uh, you know, here we go again kind of thing. And they've got to overcome that. Um, they still were in, in fine shape, tied two to two down the stretch. And they, they give up another goal. It's, so it's just one of those things. Like, they're playing just well enough to lose instead of finding ways to win. And it's a real fine line. I believe it can turn. There's still plenty of time. But I think in the big picture, this is what they have to find out about this young nucleus that they're trying to, to see what they can do. Because some of them are doing pretty well. Some of them are, are struggling. I think the veterans, like a Ryan O'Reilly, a Philip Forsberg, a Roman Yossi, those guys are playing really, really well. Those guys are doing their thing. It's the rest of the team that I think they're, they're having some ups and downs, and they need a few more guys to sort of step up and pull their weight. And I would think, Willie, you know, coming into this season after the way things went at the tail end of last year with some of the moves that were made with the roster, that kind of thing, it was thought that this season may be a little bit of a struggle, but – to actually watch it play out, and like you said, with the two games most recent that you feel like were winnable ball, I'm sorry, winnable hockey games, um, it makes it a little bit more frustrating 
because you expect this team to struggle a little bit coming in, but when you've got opportunities to win, you need to seize them. Yeah, and I think you just hit, I think, what Andrew Burnett's mindset is. Brand new head coach. He just wants to see this group get the most out of what they have. I think he understands that he's got, he doesn't have a loaded roster. Um, but is there more that this group is capable of? I think the answer is yes. And I have no doubt at all. It's just kind of like, um, you know, I'll make the analogy of a Cy Young type of pitcher. Like even a John Smoltz, you have three or four rough starts early in the season. Are you still confident that by the end of the season, John Smoltz is going to have his ERA in the low threes or in the twos? I think most years that was the case, right? I, I think there's still the utmost confidence that by the end of the year, UC Soros is going to have his numbers. So that's that's one thing that should help a lot. Mm-hmm. I think the big thing is they, they went through eight games without Cody Glass, who is one of the young players that they're trying to uh, rely on to take the next step in his game. So he's been out. As soon as he comes back, they lose Tony, Tommy Novak, another one of those young guys. And, Mo, you mentioned the end of last season. Those are two guys that really helped the Predators play well down the stretch last year, unexpectedly well. And that's why they've gone in this direction, because they want to see what this group can do. But as I mentioned, you've got these guys hurt. Then you've got guys like Phil Tomasino, Yuso Parsonen, young guys that really flashed excellence last year. Can they be a part of a really good winning team? They're still really young, 21, 22 years of age. They both have struggled. some. So you put all of these things together, and it's creating these challenges. But it was realistic to expect the team to struggle some. But I think 5 and 10 is probably not what they're capable of. So it's kind of in between. Like, I think the fan base is being patient because this is what they wanted, right? They wanted to, to go young. They wanted to move on from some of the guys that had reached a certain level but probably had plateaued, right? So they want to see what's out there. Uh, so this is how you have to weather the storm, right? I think they, you got to give them some time. And I think in time, they'll, they'll start to make some gains here. How ironic is it that the Preds are struggling to win games while the power play has been really good? And yet, you know, for the last couple of years, it's been terrible, and they've won games in spite of that. It just feels like a feels like kind of a little iron there. Yeah, as you mentioned, I think the power play has been overall a strength. Uh, I, I think they've improved there. Um, and what's where, where it's kind of come back around is the penalty kill has been uh, not as good as, as it had before. And I, I do think there is su- such a thing as puck luck. And I know you guys are baseball fans. I don't mean to be overdoing it with the baseball analogies. But I do think there are times over the course of a long season mm-hmm. where – as a as a uh, as a hitter, you hit the ball hard, but it, for whatever reason, it's it's not falling for you. you. You know, you could go two for twenty, but you feel like you had good at bats. You feel like you hit six or seven line drives that just mm-hmm. didn't. good it's exit velo. Yeah, so I think that's happening some on the on the penalty kill. I think w- when people are looking at where UC Soros' numbers are off, I think they've given up a lot of power play goals where it's not necessarily him just not making a save. 
there's pucks that are bouncing off of his own guys. There's pucks that are just have have eyes. You know, it's just like a seeing eye single that bounces up the middle, just out of the reach of the the pitcher, right between the second baseman and the shortstop. Um, that happens sometimes in hockey. And have they got a few of those? Yeah, but that's where you just have to keep nose to the grindstone and keep you can't make excuses, right? And you just have to go back to work and. and will your way out of a slump like that. And so I think that's the goal coming up on Saturday. They've got a couple of days to regroup before they play again. And uh, we'll see if they, if they uh, shake it up a little bit uh, to go into the game against the Blackhawks, our first look at Connor Bedard in Nashville on Saturday, since the draft, I should say. <laughs> Willie Donick, voice of the Nashville Predators on Valley Sports, joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Willie when you're in a stretch like this, going from Tuesday to Saturday without a game, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? I mean, does this give it more time to marinate that you've lost, what, six of your last seven? Or or is this a good time to kind of step away a little bit? Uh, it, that's, a, that's a great question that I know all of those guys are, are being asked. And... I think the, what you have to fall back on, no matter what your personal preference might be as a player or as a coach, the schedule is a schedule. So you have to try to take advantage of, of what you do have. And you do have the chance to go practice some things, you know, go over attention to detail. I think, if the, you know, attention to detail is probably a big answer. If you look at the last couple of games, they've controlled the game. They've done a lot of good things. They, they've had more shots. They've had more quality scoring chances. Uh, the numbers on the sheet should equate to success, but they're not doing it. Why? Because they're having a big, they're having a letdown at the wrong time. So how can you, how can you shore up some of those little things? I think practice time can, can help that. And during a hockey season, you don't always get a day or two to, to practice. Not like a football team that has a full week to practice before every game, pretty much, right? It's more like baseball, where if, you, if it doesn't happen one night, you got to move right on to the next game. So mm -hmm. I think you try to take advantage of some practice time and, and work on a few things as a group. Nashville Predators, again, 5 and 10, struggling to hold the lead. Haven't struggled to get it. They just got to – just got to hold it, and, you know, obviously we'll see how, how this week shapes up and looking forward to, you know, again, the puck finding its level, much like water will do on occasion. And so hopefully we'll have a better next part of the season, starting with the Blackhawks. Because anytime you play Chicago, you want to win. That's you, just you got that right. And be a buzz. It's hockey fights cancer on Saturday. So that oh. creates a, a, a really good I mean, it's a special day when you do the hockey fights cancer. They have some unbelievable stories that they uh, they showcase. And the Blackhawks, who now have I mean, they're in a full rebuild, right? But they've got the number one pick. They they got the ping pong ball last year. Connor Bedard, and he has been living up to the hype. Uh, so I think this rivalry is going to really rekindle over the next few years. And so I, I think there's going to be a pretty good buzz in the building on Saturday. It's, it's one that you're going to watch or be at 
uh, because it's the first of many chapters of this uh, of the Connor Bedard era in, in Chicago. 18 years old, getting all kinds of hype. You know, he's got he's got a following that goes beyond the hockey circles, and I think that's good for the game, right? Pat McAfee has him on the show. Uh, you know, he he's he's getting into media areas that a lot of media doesn't go to. Right. In other words, they don't they don't talk about hockey a whole lot on, on SportsCenter, but they talk about this guy. So he's very, very special. And so I think uh, I, me, myself, I'm really curious to watch and see what he looks like. The Predators can uh, can neutralize him and get a W. Well, if Kyle from Chicago goes on any walks on Broadway, I'm sure folks with cameras will be looking out for him this time. And won't be taking yeah. any interviews. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good one. Uh, I would say that he might he might be a little more recognizable than he was. Uh, <laughs> Just a little bit. Really appreciate you taking time with us, man. Looking forward to more Preds throughout the season. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks, Willie. Appreciate it. Let's take a break. When we come back, college football playoff rankings are out. Shaken up as they are. We'll talk about it right after this. This Christmas, Give a Little Nashville needs your help to bring joy to children in need. We'll be hosting toy drives during the holiday season, so please donate toys for kids of all ages. On December 3rd, join us for our Cocktails with Santa red carpet event, where you can mingle with other supporters and enjoy festive drinks and food. Together, we can make a difference in our community this holiday season. Visit GiveAlittleNashville.com or find us on Facebook to learn more and register today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. 
Visit us online at www.mtvj.net. We're back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint here in the Lee Company studio in Columbia. Glad to have you guys with us. I'm Chris Yao. He's Maurice Patton, and we're talking about the college football playoff rankings for this week. And, Mo, the big story is that number one changed. Mm -hmm. Georgia jumps Ohio State. And, you know, I didn't expect it, but it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, a win over the team still ranked 13th was a top 10 win. That being said, Ohio State has a win over the team ranked 12th. <laughs> of course, Georgia also has a win over the team ranked 9th. The Buckeyes had taken the top spot in the first two sets of rankings thanks to wins over Penn State and Notre Dame, but Georgia now boasts the best two wins of any of the five undefeated Power Five teams with their victories over the Rebels and Missouri over the last two weeks. And who would ever Um, think... Best pair of wins? I don't know if best two wins is the right way to say that. Pair two? Well, the reason (laughs) I say that is because... I don't think Ohio. I don't think Georgia's win over Ole Miss is any better than Ohio State over Penn State necessarily. They're the same. It's the same picture. Well, maybe Missouri is better than Notre Dame by yes. the rationale. So what I'm saying is, so Missouri and Ohio, and Ole Miss is a better pair of wins than Penn State Notre Dame. I agree with that. But you don't agree with the best two wins. Right. I don't think that I don't think Georgia's win over Ole Miss is the second best win. It's arguable, I guess. But it was at home, whereas Ohio State was not. I I, I think you're kind of I'm splitting hairs. You're you're picking semantics on this. I'm splitting hairs, but I think that, you know, that's just my opinion. Anyway, continue. Oh, that's it. That's that's what you had. That's all I had. I, I was going to say that who would have ever expected Missouri to be a resume builder? And yet here they are. Yeah. So, what? Eight and two, nine and two? What are they? I think they're nine and two. Let's see. Because they should be in the rankings as well. Um, Missouri is eight and two. Okay, so they do play. And number two. nine, they are the highest ranked. Two-loss team, actually, in the CFP. Well, and I think that's that's probably accurate. Mm-hmm. I mean, their two losses are to number 15 LSU. Of course, that was at home, and that's that, that one's tough. That one kind of left a mark because uh, LSU hasn't done anything to make that yeah. a better loss. Yeah, I mean, LSU is just kind of – Meh. Yeah. I mean, they've beaten a bunch of teams that they ought to beat. Mm-hmm. Congrats. But, I mean, <laughs> seriously, they're number 15 in the country based on, you know. What? What? <laughs> there are three losses. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss, they lost. Alabama. And Florida State. I mean, 
they all of whom are ahead of them. They not they have not beaten a ranked team. Their wins are over Grambling, Mississippi State, Arkansas. Uh, I'm sorry, in Missouri. Missouri is their big. That's their best wins. Their only win. Army and Florida. And Georgia State A&M ain't going to help them. But they're ranked where they are because the next team is Iowa. And the only reason Iowa is anywhere close to where they're ranked, if you don't, if, if, if you gave me Tennessee and Iowa today, I think it'd be a lot of fun to watch, by the way. It would be. Uh, well, stop. Intriguing. Stop. No, stop. I'm sorry. Intriguing. Okay. Too. Uh, sorry. Less yeah, fun, intriguing. more intriguing. Because I would never use fun and Iowa. Iowa and fun. I, it would be interesting to watch the Iowa defense and Tennessee's offense play one another. Tennessee would defense. It really? Yeah. Because Tennessee, I, I just feel like Tennessee would run past Iowa consistently. Probably. But I don't know that. I'd be really curious to see how. Now, it could go one way or the other. It could be 10 to 7, or it could be 35 nothing. Yeah. It, <laughs> it literally can. I mean, it won't be 35 31. No. Just because Iowa can't, can't score there. 31. Yeah. Right. It, it would either be a blow, but I think it would be intriguing to watch because I don't, I would like to see how that matched up. Now, that being said, Tennessee would beat Arizona. Tennessee would beat Iowa. Tennessee would compete with LSU mm -hmm. right now. I'd love to see Tennessee, Oklahoma. Love to see Tennessee, Oklahoma. But it just—it's interesting to me that you know they the committee feels obligated to rank Iowa right now, right? And I don't. Well, they're obligated. They're eight and two. That's why they're obligated. But honest to God, eight and two, and you look at their schedule. LSU and Iowa don't don't need to be at fifteen and sixteen. Who would you put them behind, though? I mean, how far down would you move them? Well, and that's the thing, because have how often have we said 14 is the cutoff? And after that, put them in a hat. Mm -hmm. But there's no doubt in my mind Tennessee would beat probably LSU, Iowa, and Arizona on a neutral field. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just <laughs> So yeah. there's that. But the big thing... Again, again. I mean, once you get past 10, I just, I just don't know that it matters. Here's my problem. Well, it does in some ways. It it it, it does for it does. resume building more than anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, Georgia's going to beat a number 18 team this week, and then they're probably going to fall out. You think? I guess it depends on how bad they get beat. I mean, I guess with four losses and they'd be hard to stay in the top of the yeah, It's tough to losses. stay up there with four. But Oklahoma State is ranked. And they lost to Central Florida at home. Bob, they got boat raced. Boat raced. In Stillwater. Oklahoma State has no business being ranked, but they have to be because they're going to be in the Big 12 championship game. But that's not my problem. <laughs> my problem is number 24. Because if only, Mo, there were some kind of way that we could compare two teams ranked next to one another on which team may or may not be better objectively if perhaps maybe they both played the same team. team? 
And if one team won by 20 and the other one lost by 17, maybe, maybe the team that won by 20 should be ranked ahead. That lost by 17? Perhaps, especially when that opponent is South Alabama. Makes too much sense. I just want to be in the room one time. <laughs> that would be awesome. No, but see, you couldn't be in the room. No. Because you couldn't just be in the room and listen and shut the hell up. You couldn't no. do that. Because I would say, hey, guys, hey, they, they, you know, they both played a team. Yeah. No, you couldn't be in the room. Now, if you could just be in the room and listen, you would literally have to muzzle me. You'd still be jumping up and down, beating on the table. Yeah, no. No, that's not going to happen, Chris. Not you. I'm Somebody the, could be in the room. You couldn't be in the room. I mean, I could be, but I had to be on the committee. No. Because I'd have to have a voice. They'd have to put me on. A voice, yeah. By God, call Bill Hancock right now. Your last act is to put Chris Yao and Mo Patton on the committee. <laughs> Representing Main Street Sports today. Out of Wouldn't that be hilarious? I mean, seriously, though, it just it, 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 it's right there. Well, I mean, you it's could, right there. You could just have a Joe fan on the committee. You think you should? Probably watch as much football as anybody. Watch as much football and probably have a more vested interest in the the intrigue of these games mm -hmm. of these teams uh, to me it just and we've said that we've said you know fan polls should be a thing mm. and maybe they can be maybe next year we create a fan poll I've got there enough friends go. across the country. You've got enough friends across the country. We'll just make a fan poll. But yeah, Oklahoma State and Tulane right next to each other, and they have a common opponent. One won by 20, one lost by 17. Seems but, hey, like an obvious choice. But who are we? Who are we and what do we know? What do we know? Yeah, and nobody else really. I mean, everything else is. I think is fine. I think Kansas and Utah are probably equals. Kansas State, I mean, Kansas State staying ranked is 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 wild. is 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 great for Missouri and and the SEC, but huh? Do you think they rank too many teams? You know, twenty five has kind of always been the standard, but yeah, twenty five has been the standard. You could give but me I mean, fifteen. Look, yeah, I, I think I think I could roll with fifteen because sixteen down. But then are you obligated to put Oklahoma State at 15? Since they're, Iowa, going to be, since they're going to be in the Big 12 championship game? Or Iowa instead of LSU, since they're going to be in the Big 10 championship game? And well, again, 15 is, no, is what it is. But yeah, I, is, I the think big, is the Big 10 still going to have divisions next year? They're going to have 20 teams, so God knows what they're going to do. They should probably just split the conference. And I think when folks get rid of divisions, then that will cure some, some of this else. as well. Because then you don't have to. The two best teams. Uh -huh. So you don't have to force Iowa into the mix 
when you've got just Ohio State and Michigan at two and three. Right. And Penn State at 12. And Louisville at 10 after losing at Pitt. It's their only loss, though. Damn near lost last week to who was it? Doesn't matter. Yeah, damn near. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> didn't lose. Doesn't matter. Ah, let's take a break. Terry McCormick standing by. Your daily Titans report is coming up after this. Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Trumpets, Mets fans will come after us, especially since Terry's a Yankees fan. <laughs> <laughs> Terry, what's up, man? How's it going, guys? Good. It is your daily Titans report, and it's brought to you by Zen Sports. Uh, what prompted you to bring up the Yankees? Uh, that's Trumpets. kind of a dirty word at my house these days, the way they've been playing. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the Edwin Diaz, his entrance music was is that, that trumpet song or whatever yeah that, I, I can't even think of the name and of it so we got the braves got some blowback because mm -hmm. william Contreras also used that as a walk-up song during that final series two years ago and i think he had been using it all he had year. been but yeah. he, but but the mets fans had no idea apparently until that point so they got all angry because of the trumpet thing and then your intro music has trumpets in it and you're a yankees fan so Figured they might get a little angry. We'll have to keep the Mets fans on uh, narco at, at bay. Narco. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. What's going anyway. on? It's STSP. Well, let's talk a little Titans. Got some stats for you. They're not good stats. <laughs> how many touchdowns? <laughs> I, don't know how I didn't think, think they would be, but go ahead. Yeah. How many touchdowns do you think the Titans have scored on the road this year? Not not counting the Baltimore game in London. I mean. How many touchdowns have they scored on the road in five games this year? One. One. Two. Oh. Uh oh. Missed Two one. touchdowns. Both of them on runs. So no touchdown passes all season on the road. So that that's kind of lets you know where they are in terms of both well going into going into Jacksonville, does it? Yes, the last time they scored a touchdown with a pass on the road was last year at Jacksonville when Josh Dobbs did it against Chigakonkwo. So there Dobbs. you have it. Josh Dobbs. Speaking of names that shall not be mentioned, 
<laughs> oh, it's right there. No. Yeah. I mean, you know, there are people, people that wanted the Titans to re-sign Josh Dobbs. There are probably people in Cleveland today that wish that they had hung on to Josh Dobbs. And Minnesota's probably glad they got him. Oh, there's no doubt Minnesota's glad they got him. Here's my question, and, and I, I this question has been burning for like two weeks now. How has he not gotten a legitimate shot at QB1 anywhere? It's a great question. I have no idea. I mean, I think part of it was that he stayed in Pittsburgh for like three or four years behind Ben Roethlisberger, and Roethlisberger's one of those guys that, you know, if he's standing in front of you, nobody's getting a whole lot of time behind him. And I think sometimes you just get that label of being a backup fringe type player and you don't really get a chance to break out of that. You know, unfortunately for Josh still Dobbs, had him. Oh, I guarantee you they wish they still had him. <laughs> oh, I, think every, I think everybody that has had Josh Dobbs wishes the possible exception of Arizona. Yeah. Wishes they still had him. Yeah. And and here's here's my thought on that too, guys. You know, and this is where, you know, you see these leagues like the USFL trying to survive in the spring and, and you know and and do that. If you had a guy like Josh Dobbs three years ago, and he could go and you could could be allocated and go play in a league like that and show what he can do and be ready to come into an NFL camp the next fall. Don't you think that would help a lot of quarterbacks? I mean, Malik Willis is a prime example. How much would, would Malik Willis, how much more could he benefit from, say, quarterbacking the Memphis Showboats next spring and then coming to camp and play. Yeah. as opposed to throwing in shorts and T-shirts during the Titans OTAs and then playing in three preseason games and then sitting on the shelf for months? Absolutely. There's no question. I mean, and that's – you know, that was the idea behind the World League and NFL Europe. And, and, and well, here's, here's another example. But the U.S. Trey Lance. Lance. Yeah, Trey Lance. Trey sure. Lance. Trey Lance needs work. He needs, he needs reps. He needs work. He's not going to get it playing behind Prescott, no. you know, in Dallas. So, yeah, he's another guy that could, you know, and one, it would help the attendance. I mean, you'd go, you'd, you'd drive to Memphis to see Trey Lance play, wouldn't you, Mo? Wouldn't you, Chris? Yeah, that's I would consider it. Yeah. Well, I, here's the thing. He would. <laughs> You'll go anywhere. I'm driving anyway to see Birmingham play because we the champs and all. But, uh, you know, two-time, two-time, two-time champs, and Alex McGue ain't coming back. I guess he's going to stay in Green Bay for a while. But, see, that's another thing. You could put Alex McGue back in Birmingham, and he's playing instead of just backing up Jordan Love, you know, and doing nothing in Green Bay. And so there, sure. yeah, absolutely. There are a lot of ways that you could that you could go with that. But yeah, it's you know, uh, look. I understand why the NFL scuttled NFL Europe because it was expensive to house a bunch of guys to go play in Germany and England. Uh, the USFL and if they wind up absorbing the XFL, that's already put together. They don't have an investment stake in it. But what they could do is have a partnership with it to uh-huh. use it like the NBA does the G League. Uh-huh. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Terry. Well, if we have no more Titans to talk, let's talk about Zen Sports because they are the best 
damn sporting app or sports betting app here in Tennessee. All right. That's right. You've been hearing me talk about Zen Sports, the new sports betting app exclusively in Tennessee the last few months. And I'm excited to share with you some big news. Now, when you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive up to $1,000, no danger, first wager. That's right. When you place your first bet in Zen Sports, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to $1,000 maximum if the bet loses. And there's more good news. Zen Sports is rolling out its brand new VIP rewards program. This new VIP rewards program will allow top tier customers to earn more bonuses, comps, and perks. The VIP program is by invite only, so if you feel your Zen Sports play qualifies for VIP consideration, then check out the program details and apply at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sports book will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and faster withdrawals than Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. This Christmas, Give a Little Nashville needs your help to bring joy to children in need. We'll be hosting toy drives during the holiday season, so please donate toys for kids of all ages. On December 3rd, join us for our Cocktails with Santa red carpet event where you can mingle with other supporters and enjoy festive drinks and food. Together, we can make a difference in our community this holiday season. Visit GiveAlittleNashville.com or find us on Facebook to learn more and register today. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. Back here on Main Street Sports, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint in the League Company Studio. Glad to have you guys along with us, Chris Yao, Mo Patton, and talking Vols now with Go Vols 24/7's Ben McKee. Who? Yeah, look at that. Ooh, branding. Branding and the, the Grizzlies towel in the back. Just keep that hung up. You're not going to need it this year. Yeah. Yeah, not good. And uh, thanks, thanks to uh, th- thanks to Ja, the, the season has has not been fun on top of several injuries. So m- hopefully they can uh, somewhat stay around until Ja gets back and, and maybe make a miracle run there at the end. It would be a miracle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, a team that so far doesn't look like they're going to need a whole lot in the way of miracles knock on wood, is Rick Barnes' Tennessee basketball team. Three games, three 80-point performances, Ben. Um, and it's been one of the knocks on the balls under Rick was that they've been a little inconsistent offensively. What has changed? Uh, Dalton Connect. Uh, but before Dalton Connect, uh, Rick Barnes changed. I, I don't think there were wholesale changes. I, I don't know that he changed his philosophy 
or his offense or anything along those lines. Uh, but I think he identified that within his system, he needed better shooters. Uh, he talked about that over the course of the offseason, uh, following the conclusion of last year's Sweet 16 run, talked about how they needed to become a better shooting team. Uh, he also made comments like they needed to become more athletic out on the perimeter. And uh, he went out and did that via the transfer portal and Dalton Connect and, and Jordan Ganey. And, and those two additions have, have made a world of difference. And you've also seen it uh, with their freshman class, even if you include redshirt freshman Freddie DeLeon, who enrolled early and, and redshirted uh, in the spring semester. Freddie's very athletic. Uh, Cade Phillips in the post. J.P. Estrella in the post, very athletic. Uh, Cam Carr, uh, the scrawny freshman from Link Academy, he, he is very athletic, and he's a bucket. Once his body is is kind of ready for the grind of a college basketball season, uh, he's somebody that, that's really going to be fun to watch for Tennessee fans. So, uh, Rick, again, I, I don't know that I would classify it as wholesale changes, but he recognized that they needed to become more offensive. Uh, and, and he did that by going out and, and getting shooters. And you, you've seen the difference with Dalton Connect and, and Jordan Ganey uh, early on. So those two differences have made a world of difference. But uh, it, it started with Rick Barnes uh, identifying that they needed to become a better shooting team. It's interesting that you say that because they still went a little cold last night against Wofford, and it's like doesn't matter what you do, you're still going to go cold at some point. But the difference is that they, you know, once they get hot again, it's it's almost impossible to stop. Still win by 20, still score 80 points. Could have scored 100 if they don't go cold for five minutes. It just seems like a more player friendly offense, more open to the way that basketball is played in the 21st century. And if that's the case, this is a scary team throughout the rest of the year and maybe even next week for some folks down in Atlantis. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, you know, even last night, it, it did feel uh, like they went cold and, and they did. They, they had a, a couple of, of runs where they went two or three minutes w without a, a bucket. Uh, with, without scoring any points, um, but they still shot 40% from the field and 40% and from three for the game. Uh, and it was a low possession game. Uh, Wofford did a good job of, of keeping it uh, a low possession game. Uh, Rick Barnes said afterwards, I believe he said that they like to, to, to play in around a 70 or so possession game, and Wofford kept it to a 62-63 possession uh, basketball game last night, and they were still able to score 80 points. Uh, even despite maybe a two and a half, three minute run of of not being able to get one in the bucket, uh, and it it's because of the additions on, on the offensive end that I just spoke about. Last year's runs, when when they would go cold, it, it seemingly lasted for an entire half. You know, uh -huh. not literally, but there there were multiple runs last year of eight, ten, twelve minutes of, of where they they could not make anything, or, or where they were like one for their last ten, one for their last fifteen. Uh, now those have been, at worst, cut in half. And it's an early sample size. Uh, I, I think this th this will be an interesting team to evaluate at the end of the month after they play in Maui next week against several good basketball teams. Uh, and also they return home from uh, the Maui Invitational that is technically being held in Honolulu this year because of the Maui wildfires. Uh, they'll return home, and then they'll go to North Carolina two weeks from tonight 
uh, and play the Tar Heels on the road. So it'll be a fun conversation to have at the end of this month in terms of evaluating this basketball team. Uh, but the early sample size and, and the early returns, they, they've eliminated those cold streaks that they had a ton of uh, last season. And it is because it, it feels like, again, I don't think there's been wholesale changes philosophically, offensively, um, but it, it feels like there's maybe a little more freedom. Uh, for instance, at the end of that Wisconsin game on Friday night, he was giving the basketball to Dalton Connect and telling everybody to get out of the way and, and allowing Dalton to go get a bucket. And you haven't really seen that from Rick. Uh, you saw it a little bit with Kevin Punter early in his tenure, uh, and, and you saw it with Grant Williams in a different fashion because he's a post player and, and it seemed to be more of a pick and roll or give it to him on the block and, and let him go to work. With Dalton, they they were just isolating him and allowing him to go to work, and, and that was really fun to watch. So uh, it, it looks like it's going to be a really fun offense to watch throughout the course of this season. Here's a question, though. In Rick's defense, has Tennessee had a player – that warranted that type treatment. Yeah, that to me, that's been the biggest issue, which is also Rick's fault, right? Like he's in charge of the, the personnel <laughs> yes. on, on the roster, um, but they have not had that guy that can go get you a, a bucket since Grant. Uh, and Admiral Schofield was able to do it a little bit, um, but you know, Lamonte Turner, Jordan Bone, Jordan Bowden, uh, transitioning into this era of, of Rick Barnes at Tennessee, Santiago Vescovi, Josiah Jordan James, Kai Ziegler. They're, they're not really ISO players that, that you can give the basketball to and, and, and they can go get you a bucket. They, they maybe need some offense created for them uh, to go get their, their bucket. They're very skilled offensively, very good offensive players, but you, you kind of need to scheme some things up. Whereas Dalton Connect, he's so talented and, and so gifted, you, you can just give him the basketball and uh, his size and athleticism, he's going to be able to get downhill and uh, create on the perimeter, create in the mid-range. And and I knew he was going to be a really good offensive player, but he's even surpassed my expectations coming into the season. And part of that is because the thing I've been most surprised with Dalton is his ability to get to the rim and finish at the rim. He, he's very crafty, and, and it, it's a treat to watch him drive and, and get to the bucket and, and finish some of these layups and dunks. Uh, that that he's had to start the season, he has not. To your point, Rick Rick has not had that type of uh, creative offensive player to to kind of toy with outside of Grant Williams, and and obviously that's different. Like I said, because he's a he was a post player, uh, and Kevin Punter did a little bit of that early on because he had to be that kind of guy. Uh, but that that's absolutely a great point, and it again that that's Rick's fault for for maybe not having that type of personnel and. Maybe they've had a couple of guys not work out the way that they thought that they would work out, uh, but they definitely haven't had that guy. And I think the best part about what Dalton's doing and Jordan Ganey can kind of create on his own as as well, just maybe not to the extent that Dalton has been able to. It takes a lot of stress off of Santiago Vescovi and Josiah Jordan James to where they don't have to be the main option. They can be that second or third option. And that opens up so much more for for their offensive games. And you're seeing that with Josiah early on. Josiah has been really, really efficient to start the season. And I think it's because he's able to feed off of Dalton and, and Ganey and, and he's not the go-to guy offensively with Santi. Ben McKee of 24-7 Sports and Go Balls 24-7 joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Ben, um, on its face, this is going to sound like a stupid question, but hang with me. 
um, but I wanted to preface it. How much of a difference has it made that Zakai has been available to this team from the start of the season? Well, it, it's a huge difference because Josiah Jordan James, after the Wisconsin game, uh, called him the heart and soul of this basketball team. Uh, he, he hasn't contributed a ton yet, just in terms of, of production, um, because he's still trying to feel things out and, and get back into the flow of things. Uh, and, and not to say that he hasn't done anything. He had a nice three uh, against Wisconsin in the corner when Wisconsin was making a little bit of a run in that game. And I believe that was in the second half, if I remember correctly. Uh, and, and he's also had some nice passes uh, to set up his teammates. He, he's been able to to drive past his defender and, and set up teammates. Uh, and he's made some plays on the defensive end. But we haven't seen the full Zakai Ziegler effect just yet. Uh, and, and he's still knocking off that rust. And, and uh, going back to the Talton Connect conversation, I mean, he he uh, of he provides that luxury uh, of being of allowing Zakai to 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 get in the pool through the shallow end rather than the deep end. T Tennessee mm -hmm. isn't reliant upon Zakai to come back and be Zakai that we're used to right away. He he can kind of tippy toe through the shallow end and and, and get used to the cold water. Uh, and and I think at some point you're obviously going to see Zakai be as productive as he typically is. Um, but that aside, like I mentioned, he's considered the heart and soul of this basketball team. He, he's the he's the vocal leader, uh, along with Josiah and Santi, but he's certainly the emotional leader of this basketball team. And, and he wears his heart on his sleeve as much as anybody in the country. Uh, and that that alone is just a huge pick me up for his teammates because uh, all of his teammates adore him and love playing basketball with him. Uh, and just him simply being out there uh, on the floor with them, I, I feel provides them a level of comfort. Uh, and it's only going to add to this great start to the season once he gets back into the rhythm of, of being the productive basketball player that we know Zakai Ziegler can be. Ben, uh, switching gears just a little bit, I want to talk about, you know, obviously next week is so vitally important. For, for this basketball team, I mean, you have the potential to play three ranked opponents, including number one Kansas, who just beat Kentucky. And then obviously it's, you know, it, it, it's it's neutral court. So that, I think, is not as good as winning on the road, but it's better than winning at home. And so, you know, this is just, this is kind of that litmus test for this program and for this team and where it is right now. How do they feel about their chances going into the Bahamas. Yeah, they, they feel really, really good about it. Uh, they, th this is a confident bunch, and, and they should be, uh, because it, it it's a group of guys that have played a ton of basketball throughout the course of, of their career. Uh, Dalton Connect, this is his fifth year of, of college basketball. Uh, even if he had to go the, the JUCO route and then Northern Colorado and, and now Tennessee, he still played quite a bit of college basketball. Uh, Jordan Ganey. Uh, played two years at USC Upstate uh, before coming over to Tennessee. And, and that added to a, a nice nucleus returning for Tennessee of Santi, Josiah, Zakai, Jonas Adu, Jemai Meshack, Tobey Awaka now in his second year. Uh, and, and you do have some some young pieces that, that are going to fit in here and there. Um, but for the most part, it, it's an experienced bunch that has had success to a, a certain extent. 
and, and there's no reason for them not to be confident. And, and I, I think that they see the writing on the wall with this season that if it clicks, which it's already clicked to a certain extent to start the season, but if it really clicks as we get into the thick of it here and uh, work towards March and the NCAA tournament, I think they realize that they ha- they truly have a chance to do something special. So uh, th- this team has has a ton of confidence right now, as they should. They're, they're playing really, really well, uh, about as well as you can play to, to start a season. They look like they're in midseason form. I mean, they, they look like they're – uh, midway through conference play right now. And I think that's a result of all the experience uh, and confidence that that they have returning this season. Whereas, uh, you know, Kentucky looked good against Kansas last night, but that is a Kentucky team that's relying on a ton of youth. And uh, in, in today's day and age of, of college basketball, uh, a lot of teams rely on a lot of youth early in the year. And, and it takes a minute for, for all of that to gel. Uh, whereas Tennessee, they, they don't really have to go through that process because they have experienced players who have played well at this level. So there, there's a lot of confidence with this bunch. And, um, you know, I, I don't really think that they care who they're playing uh, because of that confidence, whether it is number one Purdue or uh, whoever. I, I feel like they, they feel they can go beat anybody in the country anywhere, anytime. And they should have that mindset uh, as a competitor and with their pedigree and, and their resume. They, they should feel that way. So. Uh, next week will, will definitely be a nice test for them. They they play Syracuse on Monday, uh, 2.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2, I believe. Um, th- that'll be a nice test for them. Syracuse did struggle last night against Colgate. I believe they were down 30 at one point. They were playing while Tennessee was down 30 and, and came back to win. Uh, but it's still Syracuse basketball at the end of the day. And then on Tuesday, uh, win or lose against Syracuse, they will play uh, Purdue or Gonzaga on Tuesday, and, and, and that'll be a huge game. And uh, then they'll play a third game on, on Wednesday, depending on how that Monday and Tuesday go. So it'll be a really nice test for them. And, and like I said earlier, when you pair that trip to North Carolina at the end of the month uh, coming up and, and pair that with Maui, then it, it'll it'll be very interesting to reflect on the month of November uh, for Tennessee because they, they've already made a statement, I feel like, uh, with, with the exhibition win, even with it being an exhibition, the, the one at Michigan State, I feel like that was a statement win. Uh, and the Wisconsin one w- was a little bit of a statement win as well. So I feel like they've already made somewhat of a statement. But, man, if they if they can go to Maui and have success and, and then also have success at North Carolina, I think they head into December and gearing up for uh, SEC play at the end of December um, with a lot of hype surrounding uh, their name and, and well-deserved hype at that. This fan base is really ready for basketball season, I would think, in light of the last few weeks on the football field. And, and I'm thinking that maybe Saturday will make them even more excited for basketball, unfortunately. But um, let, let's talk a little gridiron for just a second. You know, I'm having, I'm still having a tough time dealing with UT Road versus UT Home. Yeah, it's it's quite the difference. Um, it's it's something that has to be figured out moving forward if if Josh Heupel wants to take this Tennessee football program to the next level and uh, compete consistently for championships. Uh, good good football teams, good football programs, uh, they they win on the road. Uh, and if, if you want to win championships, you have to win on the road. I mean, it, it's really that simple. And, and they have they have struggled 
Uh, they they really under Josh Heupel don't have a marquee road win. They they, they did win at LSU last year, but that was 11 a.m. local time. That that wasn't vintage Death Valley. That that no, was it wasn't Baton Rouge at its finest for sure. No. You still give Tennessee credit, not not at all trying to take credit away. That that was a bubble. And LSU helped them by giving them the football to start the game. Well, they took it. Well, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> if right. LSU, you know, if it doesn't start that way, who knows how it finishes, right? We just don't know. We don't, but I I, I would think that LSU still has a hard time defending Hendon Hooker and Jalen yeah. Hyatt and uh, that that Tennessee offense. But you, you still give Tennessee credit for winning that day. But it, it wasn't vintage LSU, and, and that's their best road win on, under Josh Heupel, uh, that and, and Kentucky. And, you know, Kentucky football is not what it once was. It, it, it's better than it once was. Uh, and it can get sneaky loud inside of Kroger Field, but it's still not in the top tier of, of SEC stadiums or, or college football stadiums. And uh, that that paired with that LSU win is is Josh Heifel's marquee road wins at Tennessee. They struggled uh, in the swamp and, and in Tuscaloosa in year one, uh, where they were heading into the fourth quarter down by a score, and it just kind of unraveled uh, from that point on in year one. And it's year one, so you don't read too much into it. But uh, at this point, you, you kind of do include it on the list because it's become a thing. Uh, and then last year, aside from the LSU game, they they struggle. Uh, they, they did handle Pitt, but again, Pitt's not playing at Georgia. Uh, and, and then South Carolina, also an underrated uh, home environment there for South Carolina. Uh, they didn't handle that well either. And, and then the, the road struggles have been well documented this year at, at, at Florida and second half at Alabama and, and now Missouri. That, that's got to change. Again, if, if you want to win championships, you got to win on the road. Uh, and, and, you know, part of it is better personnel, I think. Uh, they're, they're still constructing the roster to get it to where it needs to be uh, just because Jeremy Pruitt left that much of a mess. But uh, you're also through three years at this point, and uh, it, it is in a much better spot, even if it's not exactly where it needs to be. So uh, continuing to build out the roster and add more talent, add more depth, I, I think having better personnel helps you on the road, obviously. Um, but it, it's the pre-snap penalties and uh, just – you know, it's kind of talking about basketball. You, you see a team going a run in basketball and you hope your team can can answer that run. I, I don't feel like Tennessee football has answered runs well on the road when, when the other team starts to build up some momentum, some momentum. So that's something that's got to change moving forward if they if they want to take this program to the next level and uh, truly compete for a championship. No question. Uh, I mean, that's 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 the bottom line. And at some point. Josh Heupel's going to have to take control of that and make sure that they are prepared to play on the road. Whatever has to happen to make that to make that happen, it's on him at this point. So, looking forward to Saturday. We'll see at least until kickoff. We'll see how much I'm looking forward to the rest of it after that. But until then, it is looking and shaping up to be a solid hoop season. Thompson Bowling Arena. That's all I'm going to say about that. Oh, Ben, thank you. We appreciate it as always. Look forward to talking with you again soon. And hopefully John Morant will figure something out for us. Yeah, I I, I don't want to think about John Morant right now. I mean, I'm ignoring Ja. I, I, I still got him up, obviously, but uh, I, I, he's on my bad side right now. So I'm ignoring him. But uh, 
Yeah, Saturday should be interesting. The good news for Tennessee fans is that Dalton Connect plays basketball Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of next week after this football game on, on Saturday. But, hey, you never know. It, it is college football at the end of the day. And always appreciate y'all having me on and, and hope y'all have a great rest of your week. Thanks, Ben. We appreciate you being on. And it Saturday is at Neyland. You so. never know what could happen. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we've got rapid-fire reactions to a boatload of topics. You're going to want to stick around right after this on Main Street Sports Today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's, it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back to Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yell, Mo Patton, coming to you live from the Lee Company studio. We've got, before we get into rapid-fire reaction, we do have some players of the week from across the state. 
as presented by the Tennessee Sports Writers Association. So, without further ado, football players of the week. Austin P. running back Javon Jackson, 38 carries, 192 yards. Um, went over the 1,000-yard mark for the season as the Governors defeated Utah State 30-17. to Defensively, Governors linebacker Tyler Long had nine tackles, two pass breakups, and a pick. Um, the interception basically securing that victory. Um, and Austin P held Utah Tech, sorry, not Utah State, to 67 rushing yards. Big difference. Yeah, huge difference, yes, um, in that victory. So Austin P sweeps the offensive and defensive players of the week by the TSWA. Volleyball, Tennessee Tech sophomore Jordan Carlin. 12.45 assists, 4.36 digs, and three victories, along with six blocks and six kills. Um, Tennessee Tech defeated Moorhead, Southeast Missouri, and Southeast Missouri, I guess. Uh, men's basketball, the first awards of the year in men's and women's basketball. Carson Newman's Jack Browder averaged 19.5 points, 10 rebounds, in a 101-77 win over Lee's McRae and a 74-72 win at King, King University. Uh, yeah, up in, yeah. <laughs> up in Bristol. Yeah. Um, 22-12 and 12 in the early game, 17-8 and eight against King. On the women's side, Belmont's Kendall Cheeseman, making her first career start against Georgia, scored a career-high 28 points. 9 of 15 from 3 in a 76-50 win over the visiting Lady Bulldogs. Nine threes are the most thus far this season in Division One, and was one shy of the single-game record for Belmont. Um, so, again, congrats to Javon Jackson and Tyler Long of Austin P as well as Jordan Carlin, Jack Browder, and Kendall Cheeseman, the Tennessee Sports Writers Association's Players of the Week in their respective sports. All right. We got some rapid fire to get to. Give them rapidly. Let's do it. Deshaun Watson, as we heard earlier, is now out for the year with a shoulder injury. And I saw a tweet, I think, from Tom Pelissero that said, and, and I hope I'm getting this right, he wanted to try to get a shot and continue to play, but there was a concern that if he got hit the right way, his shoulder would fall apart. Now, I don't know what that means, but it can't be good. <laughs> just, I don't know what does that literally look like when your shoulder falls apart. I don't know. So he's got a broken bone in his shoulder, which sounds dreadfully painful. I mean, is it up there or is it down? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's wow. We need to get our certified athletic trainer, Cornell Knox, to help we us get, out. Yeah, to help us out with that. That's interesting. It's a very, broken, a broken, a broken shoulder. shoulder. Very unusual injury. How do you sustain that? 
<laughs> That's a great question. What do the Browns do? What can Brown do for you? I don't know. What can you do for Brown? What can you do for Brown is the question that, that, yeah. that folks are asking in Cleveland right Good now. Lord. Well, I know what they're not going to do. They're not going to get Josh Dobbs. Well, no, they're not. And and it's funny because I had mentioned Alex McGue earlier. He would be available. But you know who else would be available? Malik Willis. Because he's about to be on our practice squad. Hmm. I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Is he going to be on the practice squad? Ryan Tannehill was a full full go today. I think you have to carry three quarterbacks just for that very reason. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> it's a bold move, Cotton. No, but I mean, yeah, there's there's that. Again, Alex McGee could be an option from Green. He's at Green Bay right now. Well, right now they're going to start Dorian Thompson Robinson, the uh-huh. former UCLA guy. Sure. PJ um, Walker's out there. PJ, well, PJ Walker is there. Yeah, he's out. He's out. He's there. So he's an option. I don't know why he wouldn't be the option to be. Yeah, honest. he's gonna he's got experience, but I guess so. You know, Dorian doesn't, so therefore, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Maybe he's a gamer. Didn't look so great at UCLA a lot. Speaking of UCLA, Walker has thrown one touchdown and five picks this season. Oof, that's not ideal. So, like I said, if you don't know what you don't know. Give him a shot. Mm-hmm. Could be a gamer. Uh, speaking of uh, UCLA, hearing rumblings that Chip Kelly may be fired after the Do they play USC this weekend? Next weekend. Next weekend. Okay, because I uh, saw that as well, and I did not know where that fell on the schedule. But, yeah, that's – As to after the season ends, they could could part ways with Chip Kelly. And At least ru- there's not a flight involved, so it won't be on the tarmac. Rumor has it that uh, Kelly and Jimbo – yeah, and Kelly and Jimbo are actually going to have a start a podcast called Fish and Chips afterwards. <laughs> I'm just saying, it'd be a great podcast. Justin, could you cut his mic? <laughs> That's bad. That was so bad. Yeah, I got you. That was so bad. Okay, so this wasn't on the runner show. It's okay. Guess, but Go for it. Jimbo is a West Virginia native? Probably. That would be an interesting fit. Houston? I saw that a couple of, I saw a couple of days ago that his name was being connected to West Virginia. Now, one, I don't know that they're going to make a move from Neil Brown. But two, why does Jimbo want to coach again? He don't. I just I can't imagine he would. Why? I, why would you? Not be a head coach. I mean, go somewhere Not where you can anything. just chill out. Go somewhere and count your money. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, I, I guess I'm... Oh, I, I mean, know. you got to ask him. I think it's different for those of us who aren't presented with those type of options, maybe. And maybe it's harder for us to understand. But I can guarantee you this. If somebody gave me $75 million to go away, that's exactly what the hell I would do. <laughs> 
There's no doubt. Is go away. There is no doubt. You Zero may doubt. or may not ever hear from me again. Where is Cliff Kingsbury? <laughs> is he still in Thailand? USC. Yeah, he's an analyst at USC. Not defense. <laughs> no, no. But his name has come up in Texas A&M for one spot. Yeah. Could you imagine Cliff Kingsbury following Mike Leach? At, at Mississippi State. They got the athletes that he needs mm. to run that offense. Now, he won't have Will Rogers, but that might be right. But he has Chris, Chris Parsons. Parson. Parson. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. That would be a heck of a hire. If they could make it work. Of but course. Anyway. If, if you're going from Lubbock to Phoenix, to Thailand, to, to, to Starful, LA. To, oh, to LA, LA. to Starful. Starful. Yeah, that, that, is, that is what you would call culture shop. Mm. Mm -hmm. Where they don't even sell cold beer. Like, you, they do too. No, they do not. Yes, they do. I'm telling you. I'm telling you that I used to book a bar in Starkville. Well, I'm telling Bands. you. Okay, so in the convenience stores, they don't sell Oh, I don't know. Do they? No. Interesting. Oh, it's 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 not cold. They can't put it in the. Uh, okay, okay. Sorry, you're right. They they can't put it in the. In, they can't put it in the coolers. They have to. They can sell it, but it's got to be just out. No, it's like, it's. What did I say? You're right. You're right. Okay, that that makes sense. But no, in convenience stores they don't sell cold beer. They do have bars there, but yes, that's interesting. That's hilarious, actually. <laughs> Could you imagine? I mean, we've seen Cliff Kingsbury's house in Arizona. They ain't, none ain't of nothing that. like that. <laughs> Start with, no, you, not, the closest we'll Walmart even, is in Tuscaloosa. We'll, we'll even go beyond Starkville. There's nothing like that in the Golden Triangle. No, no. I, literally, the closest the closest Walmart is in Tuscaloosa. I swear. <laughs> hmm. Oh, that would be hilarious. Hmm. How? Uh, you would have to. You would have to have a Netflix documentary. If you are Cliff Kingsbury's agent, how do you do you that? even tell him They're that interested? Mississippi State has called? Oh my God! He ain't no. interested. Listen, <laughs> I promise you, it would be the most entertaining thing to ever happen. Lane Kiffin, Cliff Kingsbury, Egg Bowl. Give it to me today. Give it to me. Hmm. The women of Mississippi would just pass out. They would just be, a, they would just fall out. There wouldn't be no more. They'd just be on the ground. It would be over. Divorce court would be passed. Absolutely. <laughs> so great. Oh, does Draymond have a future in the UFC? Because he's got a pretty good chokehold. And it's coming pretty quick. <laughs> not going to have one in the NBA. <laughs> wow. Dudes out here just, just choking folks out. <laughs> it was so good. He just, he, I mean, it was like, it was so natural. He just, he grabbed dude up. Without put him in a sleeper. Him. Just, yep. <laughs> just put him in a sleeper like hole. It's like he was supposed to. Or something. <laughs> like Never mind that it was illegal as, oh, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, that was that one. I'm, I'm stuck on Cliff Kingsbury and Stark. Yeah, Sorry. it's it, we, that that one may have derailed the entire segment. Yo, <laughs> have, have you seen the potential pitch clock changes that have been rumored? Going yeah. from 20 seconds to 18 with no. men on base. No. What? Only with men on base. From 20 to 18. No. That's uh, I don't think out that, there. I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think it's yeah. I, I would well, I would it, go it, up. It's fifteen with nobody on and twenty right. with runners on. Yes, right? and they're going to go from twenty to eighteen. Yeah, so fifteen eighteen. No, nah, that's not good. I'm, I'm not a fan. I mean, yeah. I don't. I think the pitch clock went a lot better than I had anticipated. Really, by the second half of the season, it was hardly noticeable to watch, other than when games were consistently getting done in two fifteen or whatever. But yeah. I don't, I don't know what's the purpose. I mean, again, you 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 actually did something good, Major League Baseball, Rob. Don't know? don't mess with it. Yeah, leave it. Leave alone. it be. Leave it alone. It's not hard. I mean, my goodness, what are you what are you thinking? Oh, Hunter Dickinson, we mentioned, heard a little bit about it earlier. Mm -hmm. Dude just dominated last night. Just what Kansas needed, huh? Another yeah, great another great player. Yeah, And he almost came to Tennessee. I mean, he was, Tennessee was in his final three. Could you imagine him and Dalton connect together? No, I can't. Oh, my I, God. I, I, I honestly cannot for the fact that the way Tennessee plays, does a dominant post player help? Tell me. Oh, yeah. Think? Okay. Well, here's the thing. Dickinson does everything. I mean, he is. He does everything, but he is a post, right? Yeah, but I mean, he I mean, can, he's a five. He can literally do it all. And yeah, I mean, if, if Tennessee had, if Tennessee had a dominating rebound force, it would be over. <laughs> I mean, forget what it gives you on the offensive side. Just being able to get boards. <clears throat> anyway, yeah. Uh, I had something else in here, and I wanted to. I don't remember what it was uh, because. Let's see if I can go back to it. Dion being named everywhere. And he says, I'm here. I'm here. My mama's here. My daughter's here. My three sons are here. Okay. And before that, they, they were, were all in yeah, Jackson. Yeah, we're all. Like, you were somewhere else. Yeah, we're all in Jackson. And they they have they have houses for sale everywhere, in College Station, in Starkville, <laughs> not in Chicago though, where they are going to hire um, the Braun dude, the interim coach. They are going to hire him. Oh, at Northwestern. Yep, at Northwestern. So, um. Somebody said Texas A&M was more likely to hire Colonel Sanders than Deion Sanders. <laughs> That's a very, very accurate statement. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening. But I could see him in Houston. And if they want to be Big 12. I don't, I don't know, though, because if you remember um, either last year or the year before, Jackson State played at Texas Southern, and Deion – 
kept his kids in the hotel because there had just been a shooting right when they got there, right before they got there or something like that. He wasn't very complimentary of Houston. I don't know if that means anything in any future dealings or yeah. not, but that I'm would certainly you. come back up, I would think. But him recruiting in Houston would make them an instant Big 12 contender. Here's the thing. But then we have to coach against Colorado. <laughs> the Big 12. Wouldn't he can't leave after one year. No, he can't. Yeah. He can't. Yeah. And, and, and because here's the thing. If he does, then you've got the you, – you've got the bell when things get tough moniker, and you, mm-hmm. you, you can't have that if you're him. Right. So. Let's get into some weird and wild and wacky news, eh? You mean we haven't already? Oh, it's yeah, it's, it, it, we have, in fact, but Justin, can you pull my this? Oh, Papa Murphy's. Yeah, it's a great commercial for Papa uh, Murphy's. Let's. Oh. let's <laughs> that's gonna cost you. Yeah, that's unfortunate. It'll large two topping pizza though. They got great stuff. Uh, here is. Oh man, they don't have they don't have just the video here. Watch the video. Here it is. This is funny. Okay, now what we just saw is a deer jump two cars. We didn't actually see it. Oh, you didn't? Oh, we didn't. You, you, it wasn't up. I'm sorry. We'll try again. Now, here's the crazy part is the man was trying to sell the <laughs> He told it's in great condition. Immaculate. $9,400. condition. It was in great condition until Bambi came along. That was hilarious. I saw it a week and a half or so ago, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if we're. Yeah, it's, it's not. Didn't work. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, anyway, deer jumps over two cars into the back into the of the truck. Pretty funny. And then just kind of. Stood up, shook it off, jumped and then the left. And went on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like, dang, what he, was ended, that? he ended up selling the truck for $8,500, so he came off $900. Well, truck. dude was there, right? Yeah, dude had just pulled up. He pulls up to buy the truck for $9,400. For $9,400, deer jumps, hits the bed of the truck, caves the side in. Deer damage has to sell it for $80. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the deer discount. Oh my gosh, it was mm. great. Um, how about this one? Let's go to Florida, where a Florida man with a neck tattoo is facing charges after he and a woman he was with were caught on camera crashing into a parked car while fleeing from deputies. The incident happened on Monday morning in Davenport, south of Orlando, when Polk County deputies responded to reports of a man and woman trying to burglarize multiple cars in the neighborhood. The suspect vehicle was a white 2006 Cadillac CTS and was spotted by a deputy who tried to stop it, but the car fled into the neighborhood. 
Since there was only one way in and out of the neighborhood, the deputy didn't pursue. He was you know, just speeding through the streets. The car sped past the deputy and a resident who ran to get out of the way. The Cadillac turned around, sped back down the same street, and that's when you, there's a video that, I'm, that I can see here. I'm not going to try that again. Mm. Uh, where the man slammed into a parked car, and thankfully no one was inside the parked car, but the man and woman had to be pulled out of the Cadillac. Remember that neck tattoo I told you about? All gas, no, no brakes. This is so perfect. <laughs> exactly what he had. It's just—it's like. Can you see the tattoo? No, you can't oh. see the tattoo. But I just want to know how it's spelled. No, it's <laughs> definitely spelled wrong for sure, right? <clears throat> oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. All gas, no brakes for the Florida man. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I don't even care who you are. And finally, before we get out of here, down in Longwood, Florida, <laughs> there's no evidence a Floridian dressed in a bear costume stole any food. But a bear did swipe a Taco Bell order from the front porch of a home in Orlando suburb of Longwood uh, moments after the Uber Eats driver delivered it. Uh, the caper happened Friday and was caught on the ring camera. The video shows a beast sauntering to the front door, grabbing the bag in its mouth, and then comes back to steal the drinks. I had to have someone wash it down. Right? Well, you know, I think I need a bigger box. <laughs> so, you know, mm. it mm. was a chihuahua. Now the new spokesperson is this bear. Won't be hard to find the bear, though. Just follow the sound of the walking toots. <laughs> There's no question there. Oh, man. Poor guy. Oh, by the way, the Taco Bell order, $45. $45 worth of Taco Bell. I don't know that I've eaten $45 worth of Taco Bell in my life. <laughs> it's so, well, I guess I guess if you... It's I probably, guess once you figure in the Uber Eats. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking is the Uber Eats is probably part of it. So, But at least they've got it on camera so they can call Uber Eats and be like, I... I didn't get this. The dog did not eat my homework. The bear ate my food. Yeah, I didn't get this. <laughs> Y'all go um, find the bear and charge him. Next uh, report of any women in in Starkville passing out, we'll let you know. <laughs> Tomorrow we've got Will Kreisky. He's going to join us from Riverdale and talk a little bit about their uh, state quarterfinal game and more. So come back with us on Main Street Sports today, 2 o'clock tomorrow. See you then.